Well, good morning. Certainly good to be with you. Always enjoy being with you. Now, this is my third opportunity to come and to worship with you, and I certainly appreciate uh, each opportunity I have to get to know you. I uh, appreciate Chuck allowing me to come and be here in his stead. Uh, always a good time of, of worship. If you have your scripture, uh, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Yeah, you can interrupt me. Okay, all right. That's all right. Children, they can exit. You know, we spent yesterday sort of getting ready for Christmas, putting up some decorations. Anybody else do that yesterday? Getting up leaves and different things around our house. So I got a little bit of a raspy voice this morning, something always lying in those leaves. So I ask that you bear with me a little bit with that. Uh, but it's that time of year, uh, and I'm delighted to come and to share a message uh, about the birth of Christ with you. But it's funny how, if you think about it, how your understanding of Christmas or your emphasis of Christmas, or mine anyway, has changed through the years. Uh, when you were a, a, a child, what was your understanding of Christmas? Presents. Yeah, you know, we were excited because of those presents that we were going to get. And uh, you probably have, if you think back over your childhood, can you remember that most favorite present you ever got as a child? Uh, we could probably go around and share some of those. I remember mine, and I don't know why I remember it. I don't know why it was my favorite, but it was. Uh, you probably remember they used to have these blow-up clowns were about this big, had weight in the bottom, and you could punch the clown in the nose, and he would fall over and pop right back. I don't know if I had pent-up anger or, or what I had, but I enjoyed that thing, and I wonder what happened. Well, sometimes I'd sort of like to have one now, but... But I remember that being one of my favorite uh, gifts. It didn't cost a whole lot of money. Uh, just something that um, was exciting for me to get. And then as you age up a little bit and you have a family and then and you're, you're, you find yourself really enjoying the part of Christmas where you get to give gifts to your children. Uh, you, you know, you really give them something. And, and man, it's really good when they really enjoy the gift uh, you know, there's a period where they open the gift and put the gift to the side and play with the box. Uh, but it's really good when they appreciate the gift and they understand the gift and the love that it was given in. There's nothing better as a parent <clears throat> than being able to give your child a gift and it really resonate with them and they really enjoy it. So progressed away from, it wasn't nearly as exciting to, to get the gift as it was to give the gift. And, and then as we mature in our, in our faith and our understanding of Christ, our, our emphasis on Christmas is really just wanting people to understand uh, what Christmas is all about. Uh, you know, we want our families to understand it's not so much about uh, the gifts that you, that you get and the gifts that you give, but it's the most precious gift of all, which is Christ. You know, that really becomes our desire for people to know and understand what Christmas is really all about. And, and people really need to know that. In fact, I ran across a survey from the Pew uh, survey several years ago. It's P-E-W, Pew survey. And they actually said this, only 51% of Americans now recognize Christmas as a religious holiday. And, and I thought that was startling. 
So that tells me that people really don't understand what Christmas is all about because how can Christmas not be a religious holiday if you have any understanding at all about it? So uh, I think if we look at our text this morning, I want to share with you just three things that I think are very elementary but are very vitally important for us to understand about Christmas and that, that folks need to know about Christmas. So the first one is this. Uh, Christmas is about God's availability to us. Christmas is about God's availability to us. Look at verses in, in 8 through 10 and we'll see that. And it's amazing because the God of the whole universe is available to us because He loves us as, as ordinary people. He loves us for who we are. Now, it's one thing to be available, and it's another thing to be able to get that. You know, we were discussing just this week with my wife's uh, car. We had a little bit of trouble with her car, and, and we, we sort of dreamed a little bit for a second. There are a lot of cars on a lot of different car lots that are available to us. Uh, you know, we could go and get those cars, but, but they're not always able for us to attain it. Because you have to have a certain amount of money or be able to pay a certain amount of money for a car. The good thing about the, the greatness of the message of Christ that it's available to us and it's attainable to us regardless of who we are. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter what our financial condition is. It doesn't matter what our, what our educational situation is. God is available to us. And we see that in these verses 8 through 10. Let's look at those. It says, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you just imagine that picture? Can you imagine that scene there? And they were greatly afraid. Obviously, <laughs> wouldn't we all be greatly afraid if, if God's glory is shining around us in this way? And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. So the wonderful thing about uh, the good news of Christ is it's available to all people, even people like these lowly shepherds. I mean, even people like us. And most of us can relate to these shepherds. In fact, Bill Bryan told about a survey that, that asked people to choose someone in the Christmas story, in the biblical account, that they can most easily relate to. They didn't select Mary. They didn't select Joseph. They didn't select the wise men. By and large, people selected the shepherds uh, because they could relate to them because most of us are just ordinary folk. And these shepherds are just ordinary working people. There's nothing special about them. They, they, were, they were considered outcasts in their day. And because of the nature of their work, they were unable to attend the religious services and the religious activities. And, and shepherds then became isolated. They become forgotten because their flocks needed to be moved around to new grass, sort of like what we've seen in our promotional video. And by the way, thank you for showing that. Isn't it great to know that we can gather here in Raleigh in a congregation and we can have impact with the gospel around the world? Isn't that amazing? You know, God's doing some great things around the world uh, in the midst of His people and using people. And He's using people like you and I as we give money and allow missionaries to go to difficult places like this. So God is really, really revealing Himself in a tremendous way. So thank you. Uh, for being a part of the Lottie, Lottie Moon Missions offering us a great, great way to be involved in missions. But can you imagine living that type of lifestyle 
that these shepherds lived. They're, they're isolated. They're moving around. They were treated with contempt. They were treated with, uh, with just mistrust. Uh, that they were always the first suspect when something went missing. It, you know, it must have been a shepherd. It's someone nearby grazing their, their flock. And their testimony was not even allowed in court because they were so unreliable. And then think about it. When God sent the greatest message ever, who did he send it to? The shepherds. He sent it to a bunch of smelly, ordinary shepherds. And that reminds me, and it reminds you, that the gospel is great news because it's available to anybody. And what is it available for? A couple of things I want us to notice. The gospel is available to the whole universe, and it's available, first of all, to give us encouragement. Look at verse 9, and, and listen to how the angels encourage those shepherds. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, I don't know what you may be frightened by today. I don't know what you may be going through in your life today. I don't know what difficulty you may have in your, your situation today. But what I want you to know and understand is that God knows that. And that God wants to come into your life and calm your fears. And, and he wants to come into your life and let you know that there's great reason to be encouraged. And you can say, well, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. And I don't know what you're going through. But I know that our God knows what you're going through. And he says to you, fear not. And you may, be fret, uh, you may be fearful about your future. You may be fearful about uh, the news you might receive. You, you may be going through a difficult thing, but the Word of God says to us, do not be afraid. What great encouragement for us. So He comes to us, not just to give us eternal life, but He comes to us to say in our ordinary life, our day-to-day -day life, our struggle to live in this broken world, and He comes to us and says, do not be afraid. Because I bring you great news. Isn't that wonderful? So I just want to say to you on the authority of God's Word this morning, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever difficulty you're facing, whatever crisis you just came out of, whatever conversation you're dreading to take place this week, and, you know, and we understand that this time of the year is difficult for some people because a lot of people will gather this year and what it will bring back to them is memories of a loved one that they've lost and all of those emotions and all of that hurt and all of that pain. But listen, God says to you, I understand. And I'm with you. And I've got you as you move forward. What wonderful news. He's available to us. He's available to give us encouragement. But second of all, the, the God of the whole universe is available to give us everlasting life. God has good news. Look at verse 10. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. Then look at verse 11. It's God's good news of salvation, for there is born to who? To you. There's born to you, he says, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What great news. Isn't it wonderful that God loves you in spite of your sins? 
Isn't it wonderful that God loves you in spite of those thoughts that you had last week when, when you were frustrated? Isn't it wonderful to know that even the thoughts I had this morning when I pulled into a gas station and, and, and one of them had the pump covered up with a plastic bag, the other one I went to and, and, and it wasn't read my card. Isn't it great to know that he loves me still with my frustration of just trying to get enough gas to get here this morning? He loves us. In spite of our, of our sin. But, 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 but notice this. He, he loves us in spite of our sin. Came to earth to die on a cross. Rose again from death to conquer that sin. But, but notice what the shepherds found. Where they found Jesus. Look at verse 12. The angel said, there will, be, there will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Lying in a manger. Then look at down at verse 15. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that's become the past, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and, and found, what? Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You know, did, did you catch that? They found Jesus. Isn't it great to know you're able to find Jesus? He's a findable Savior. We serve a findable God. Not, not only that, but He's looking for us. Isn't it great to know that we serve a God that wants to be known, wants to make Himself known to us, and that He's looking for us? That's amazing. One author summarized this great truth by saying the angels came to the shepherds, people who were doing what they did every day and every night, people going through the routines of life, people living their ordinary lives. The angels came to them. Isn't that what the birth of Jesus is all about? It's about God meeting with us, not just on high and holy moments, not just one time a year, not just in our difficulty, but meeting us every moment of every day, the ordinary times of life, God is available to us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that marvelous? That he desires to have fellowship with you and fellowship with me. It doesn't have to be an extraordinary place. It doesn't have to be an extraordinary time. It can be the daily routines of life that the God of the universe is available to you, available to me, to walk alongside of us. That's what Christmas is all about. The birth of this child is about God coming to us in our everyday situations and saying to us, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't fret. I proclaim to you good news. Isn't that marvelous? The birth of Jesus is about God meeting us in our pain. God meeting us in our loneliness. It's about God meeting us in our frustration. It's about God coming and meeting us in our anger. It's about God meeting us on not just Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday and any other day of the week. It's about God wanting to be a part of our everyday lives. Isn't that marvelous? And that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas, first of all, is about God's availability to us. It doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what you've done, God's available and seeking you out. Marvelous news. Second thing we got to notice. 
Christmas is not only about His availability to us, but it's about our worship of Him. You know, we should worship and adore the Lord uh, the way we see the angels in verses 13 through 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in what? In the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Now, now just think for a second about this glory of God. God, God, God reveals His glory through just the starlit vastness of the universe. I mean, think about Psalm 19, 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. In the Old Testament, God revealed His glory through consuming fire and, and guiding light. In, ex, in Exodus 24, you remember, Moses went up to meet with God on the, on the mountain. Forty days and forty nights he's there. And, and then the Word of God says in Exodus 24, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called out to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a raging, consuming, devouring fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. What a powerful moment. So, so we got to listen here, church. The best place for us to see the glory of God is where? It's in the face of Jesus Christ. In the person of Jesus Christ is the best place to see the glory of God. You know, no wonder the multitude of, of the heavenly host praise God over and over. Glory to God in the highest. If, if you're a student of Spurgeon, you know, one of the things he said about this was, uh, was actually he just had this quote that said, Sing, sing, O universe, till you have exhausted yourself. You cannot sing a song so sweet as the birth of Christ. What a marvelous word. The glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. It was peace on earth because like Ephesians 2 tells us, Jesus is what? He's peace. Spurgeon also reminds us there had been no peace on earth since Genesis 3 in the fall of Adam. But now the newborn king made his appearance in, in this swaddling cloth. They've wrapped him up in this, this, this white cloth of peace, he says. And then he says there's nowhere else peace can be found than other than Christ Jesus. So worship is about our, our God being available to us. Worship is about our praise and adoration of who he is and the glory that's due him. And then thirdly, worship is about God's assignment to us. Now, now look down in verse uh, 17, and we see the shepherd's assignment. When they had seen him, they made, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So we see in those two verses that, that what? God had a, had a mission for the shepherds. You know, they worshiped him. Uh, they, they went to worship him. They bowed down before him. And, and then they exit worship and find themselves on mission. Here's what we need to know and understand today. He has a mission for us. He has an assignment for us. What's the assignment for us to tell people about Him, to tell people about the Savior, to tell people what God is doing in your life? 
You know, we try to make it so complex. And, and, and I pastored in North Carolina for almost 25 years. And, and you hear people say, I feel uncomfortable telling because I'm afraid people are going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. But here's what we need to know and understand. All we really need to tell people is what Jesus has done in our life. Uh, that, that's all we need to share. How he's, how he's come into our life and the difference he's made in our life, that's our assignment from God. You know, one of the most important things we can do, like we already talked about during this time, is give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's a great thing to do. But listen, church, that doesn't relieve us of the responsibility of sharing Christ ourselves and telling what Christ has done for us. So three great things we see in this passage. God's available to us. It doesn't matter who we are, where we're from. God is due our worship his, his glory is something that we respond to and that, that we bow down to. And, and, and then there's an assignment that he has for us. Now, we could just say a prayer and, and close out our message, but I, but I want to challenge you a little bit. I want us to think about some application. So I want to just sort of leave you with some questions. You know, people need to know about Christmas and his availability to us so the Holy Spirit can just sort of move in, in our lives and in their lives. And people need to know about worship and His glory. And people need to know about the assignment that we have. But right where you're sitting, right in your space, is where I want you to think for a moment. So, so, so we're not talking about the church. We're not talking about our, our neighbor. We're not talking about uh, people beside you. In the next few moments, we're just talking about ourselves. And being honest with ourselves. And I just want to leave you with a couple of questions. Do you find yourself needing to recognize God's availability to you? Do you find yourself this morning need to move towards Him in your brokenness, in your loneliness, in your heartache? Do you find yourself in the midst of, of a crisis or something in your life right now where everybody, not just God, but everybody seems far away? You ever been there? Where you feel that nobody knows what you're going through? Nobody understands the heartache that you're dealing with day in and day out? So maybe this Christmas, the biggest move that needs to be made in your life is a move to recognize that God is available to you and that God does care for you and God does say to you, cast all your cares upon Him. Maybe you need to hear fresh and anew this Christmas that, that, that God loves you and He's available to you in your brokenness. You ever go through those Seasons in your life where, you know, you've been taught and you've been, it's been said to you that you're God's masterpiece. You ever feel like you're not a masterpiece for God? You ever, you ever just wonder how God can even love you? I think we all go through those seasons. And this Christmas, the biggest move in your life may be just simply you recognizing that God loves you 
in spite of the situation that you're in, in spite of what you've done, in spite of how you maybe have even turned your back upon him and looked to something else in your life, God's availability is the greatest message of Christmas. And I don't care what you're going through, church. You need to know that. He's available to encourage you in your darkest hour. He's available to walk with you when you're in your very most lonely situation. He's there to encourage you in this daily life. Don't make your Christian faith just about something off in the future. Make your Christian faith about something now that God is incarnate in this world and he desires to walk with you daily. Don't miss that. Or, or maybe today... What you need to recognize in your life is that, that you've sort of lost some of that adoration of God. Maybe you've lost that awe of God. Maybe over a period of time, uh, the awesomeness of God has just sort of lost some of its edge with you. You ever, you ever been there? Or man, you can read scripture and you can read and understand how awesome God is that, that he was born of a virgin. You ever just stopped and thought about that for a moment? How God could do that? Then you can walk outside and just look in the vastness of the stars and, 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 the, and the galaxy and begin to wrap your mind around how large it is and how little of it you understand and how little of it the smartest person uh, in that field understands about the vastness of God's universe. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life I read these stories that I've read so many times and I just loses the impact on me. And I'm not amazed anymore when I just fall into familiarity with the story of God. Maybe this Christmas you need to read with fresh eyes. Maybe you need this Christmas just to understand how awesome He is and how much more He is than us. So, so, so maybe this Christmas, the great move for you is that the awe of God inside of you needs to be awakened. And, and that you're excited when you read the stories in Scripture again. And you're excited and, and, and your mind just fills with the awesomeness of God. Listen to me, there's no better way to prepare for worship than, than to be filled with God's Word when you come into a sanctuary for corporate worship. And, and just maybe your worship has become just a little routine. Listen, that's not the leader's fault in your life. That, that's not the leadership of the church's fault. Usually when our worship has become dry, it's because we have lost the awe of God. And so maybe this Christmas... The great move is for that to be awakened inside of you. Or thirdly, and this is the last question, I'll be done. Maybe you've been hesitant to take up that assignment that God has for you. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you have been hesitant in the stepping into to living all of your life on mission for Christ. Because we sort of have developed this theology that, that, that our walk with Christ can be a Sunday thing, and if you're real faithful, a Wednesday thing, or another night of, of the week thing, and we sort of lose the mentality that, that as a Christian, all of our life is consumed with Christ. And in our life then, regardless if we're a school teacher or we're a nurse or, or whatever we are, is that becomes secondary because, first of all, we're living on mission for the King. 
And, and, and when you go to work, whether you're a school teacher or whatever, you go as a church planner sharing the love of Christ and, and, and being a part of the church while you're there. Our vocation becomes secondary to who we really are. So, so, so maybe it's time for us to move and begin to embrace that assignment that God has for us. And that assignment is crystal clear as the child of God. We're to live our life on mission. We're to be anxiously sharing the gospel with people around us. Listen, church, today's the day. Jesus is available to you to encourage you, to forgive you, to empower you for whatever it has for you. Can you just imagine if the people of God began to really live their life on mission for Him? You know, we read these stories and we see these videos of people that have dedicated their life to go to a foreign country and live every single day on mission. And we should honor them. We should celebrate them. But don't miss in that that he's called you to live on mission right where you are. Maybe he hasn't called you to a foreign field, but he still called you. So I want to encourage you to step into that assignment that he has for you. To use this one life that you have to invest it fully in the one thing, the one thing that's going to make a difference for all of eternity. And that's living on mission for Christ. And you say, well, I'm a little reluctant. I don't know if I can do that. I want to say to you, it's only then that I believe you can truly do that. Because if I, think you, I think if you have the mindset, well, I got this, I can do this, this is no problem for me, then I think what you're going to do is you're going to do that within your power. But when you feel a little anxious and, and, and you feel a little unworthy and, you, and you're feeling like, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not, and you're feeling like if God doesn't show up, man, this is going to be a disaster. I think when you're there and dependent upon Him, is when we see great things happen. What's Christmas all about? Man, he's available to you. Don't care where you are. Don't care how bad you're hurting. Don't care how difficult your circumstances. He's looking for you, longing for you. What's Christmas about? It's about his glory and his awesomeness. What's Christmas about? It's about us embracing that message and then living a life on mission. So the question then becomes, which part of that do we need to embrace? Which part of those three things is God speaking to you about this morning? Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for this day. We're grateful for this opportunity to gather and to worship. Lord, we're grateful for your availability to us. Uh, Lord, that regardless of who we are, Lord, that, that you're available to us. And, and not only that, but, but you've left heaven looking for us. What great encouragement. 
And so, Father, for those this morning that find themselves in need of great encouragement, I just pray that the Spirit of God and the Word of God would just reach into their lives this morning. And, Lord, let them know that you're there and that, Lord, you care and that you are enough. Oh, Lord, maybe there's one here this morning, and, and, and Lord, they just really need to surrender their life to you. And, Lord, you came not only to encourage us, but you came to give to us eternal life. And, Lord, maybe one today needs to surrender their life to you. Lord, maybe they've been trying with all of their strength and with all of their might. Uh, but, Father, they just continually fall short. Let today be the day that they allow what you've done to be enough in their life. Lord, maybe there's a group here this morning that just needs to fall on their face before you and let your glory, Lord, just speak into their hearts. Because, Lord, maybe we've been walking with you for, for a while and we've lost the awe of the incarnate, a birth of, of the Son of God. Oh, Lord, maybe we're here today and we've been hesitant. Hesitant in stepping into that mission that you have for us as individuals, as families. And Lord, let the day be that day. Lord, these are your people that are called by your name. Speak to their hearts. And Father, allow them to respond. For we pray this in Jesus' name.